<laughs> they let me out, bro, off out of the day yard to come on in here, bro. <laughs> I was going to say, man, that's a lot of light. <laughs> I'm a big, big, anybody knows me, I'm a natural light guy. Except <laughs> on my face. <laughs> so, he's not a big he's not a big shower guy though as you can tell the hair's a mess folks we're just going live because it's too funny i just want to start off with uh we can always do the intro later but i didn't this, shower yet today either man yeah <laughs> Look at him. what do you got there coach i bet you that's water i know you had a big time where were you listen this right here uh we go, we go we're going mad we go hard electrolytes in the am around here <laughs> i wonder why why i need why is my this shit so i gotta fuck i added software for this goddamn uh web the shit webcam thinking it's gonna help and all it's done is made it worse you look good dude you look great you look as good as you're gonna get just like the rest <laughs> of <laughs> sean sean real quick before we get started what eye are we looking into real quick the one that's looking at you perfect answer just like people <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Sam Boners. I'll do the intro. Welcome back to another episode of the Sam Boner Show. I'm taking mixed thunder today. Got to bring the juice like Mickey Boy and Jackie Boy in the back. Lots to look forward to here. We got Sean Latham coming on with us. Guy's $20 chef, formerly a bar stool. Everybody saw him on there just killing those videos. I freaking love those videos. They were like, you were like the original gangster, Sean. Everything you do here is brought to you by. Uh, the Fudge Kitchen, chipping fudge and sweet treats across the country, fudgekitchens.com. Jersey Shore, hook it up there. Everybody knows about it there, though. But if you want to ship it to your family and friends across the country, boom, easy. USPS right out the back door, make it fresh, ship it everywhere, fudgekitchens.com. Dude, literally, if you think about it, and I just thought about this, and Mick and I are winging it because that's what's fun, and I know you're a winging guy too there, Shawnee boy. Um, like, if you think back, <clears throat> you were making those videos. They were like 10 minutes, whatever they were. You'd have a guest on, pour a drink, make some tacos, make something, burgers. And now that's like the thing everywhere, man. People are making the same videos with the high-quality footage that are short, five-minute clips of making a meal. Am I wrong? Are you the trendsetter in that? Because, damn, that was like, what, four or five years ago you were doing that? Yeah, I, so I started it in like 2017. I know that people are already doing cooking stuff. I don't. You know, I know those other. I'm definitely not a fucking pioneer pioneer in the in the cooking entertainment game, but um, I definitely was. I, I think I was one of the first people who was just doing flat flat out stand up comedy bits in the middle. But I was just like with a towel, I was mixing something instead of just like saying looking at a guy in the front row or whatever. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I was always happy about that, and and I and I, what I like about it is that it's not gonna that doesn't um that doesn't go anywhere. It's like comedy. You know, everybody can make an omelet, but everybody else ain't funny, and sh you know, and they they can't make people want to be like just say stupid shit, like say stupid quotes or whatever. Like you can be the best egg omelet dude on the planet, but if you know, it doesn't mean someone's gonna say catchy shit because you say it. No, one hundred percent, dude. I, I yo, I gotta I gotta take this back. I I was following you back when you first started on my personal Instagram account, and then ever since we launched this Sam Boners thing, I barely even look back on that. Sean, you are the trendsetter when it came to just fun, comedy, and cooking. And, dude, everybody does it, right? I sit there and make breakfast for my kids and fucking crack jokes left and right. I wish I was on camera because it's fun. It, it is. Um, I, I, it's, and I just – and the more and more, like, the more shit I'm doing now is, like, I just want to be doing something wild also and then just go cook after. Like, I want to – Go right around with like, um, you know, in Florida on a F-14 jet with some dude. But first, before we take off with the 
with the F-14 guys, you know, I want to make sure I'm getting the grill prepped and got a nice uh, offset, you know, heat rocking. But, you know, let those coals get great while we go fly around and then come back and land and then make steaks for all the fuck for all the pilots and staff. Chill the tequila, yeah. of course. Chill the and drink tequila, tequila after we land, you know, which, by the way, um, you got to watch. Like, I can't believe what people believe, man. I was on a flight from Mexico City this week. I went down there on a little a little personal taco tour. And uh, on the way back I, in Mexico, you can buy beers at the little, you know, the little stand where we only buy water and magazines and shit. And you can walk on the plane with a beer like a gentleman, you know, like finally getting a little respect around here that I can handle a beer walking onto a plane like I'm not flying the plane. <laughs> anyway, so I, I'm just making up some bullshit about the whole plane. Give me a standing O for being the smartest guy on the flight for walking on with a beer and that the pilot invited me in to help co-pilot once I finished my beer. And people people were asking me if this was true. I'm like, come on, man. How far do I have to go? What airline you were you on, Sean? Well, I'm not flying that airline. I can. Oh, my God. We got we to go crazy on Twitter about it. Well, it was that, but it was more like, dude, are you serious? Like, they're going to let you in the cockpit and fly. I'm like, yeah, man, as soon as I finish this fucking ice cold beer, they're just going to let me hop on up there and just get us get us to Dallas, big dog. <laughs> Take Maybe the they'll sticks. even let you use the ashtray. Take the sticks oh. like you're playing Madden. Hey, buddy, you're up next. I needed you to score this for me. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, Sean, I, I, dude, I, I'm super jacked to have you on this show today, man. Like, you know, when, when we try to define what the fuck a Sam Boner is to the Sam Boner nation that we created – it's it's all about having fun. It's all about rolling up your sleeves, getting after it, eating, partying, drinking. And like you look at your videos, man, you are the epitome of a Sam Boner. So, dude, talk to us about like, you know, what 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 inspired you to to do this from the very beginning? And you know, you you got a nice little following up to about 90k on the $20 chef page and you know, your personal page has about 40,000 followers. So, like, dude, talk to us about that. What inspired you to do it? Um you know, when I was doing stand-up and I started getting to a point where I'm like, I don't need this job anymore, dude. I'm good enough to be just a comedian. And I was starting to get the work rolling. Um, I definitely wasn't good enough to just be a comedian. But, you know, you uh, you learn about yourself. And I just, you, you can't eat out. Like, you just can't eat out. So you have to be at home figuring some shit out. And luckily, I had this really cool bar job in, Sac- in, um, in um, Santa Monica. <laughs> And they, but the, but there was a restaurant that did, it was like a, a dining dining in the dark restaurant in the back of the nightclub that a blind guy hosted um, every day for dinner before the club opened. So people would come in. It was like a thing, a hundred bucks a person or some shit. This really cool, like dope ass blind dude would just walk you to your table. Now you now everybody where everybody's blind in this <laughs> restaurant, and you pick meat, fish, or or chicken and. So there was always a ton of uh, meat and fish left. So the, the, the Mexican cook I was homies with, we'd always smoke weed together. He'd let me on Saturday night because they weren't open during the week. So he would just give me a bite, 10 pieces of tuna. I'd take home like eight, eight, nine, ten 10 pieces of filet. <laughs> I had like this good-ass food all week, and I just started cooking it all the time. And then I started adding on to it. Then he started adding a soup in, and then somebody's girlfriend comes over and makes some dope-ass soup. <laughs> and it just kind of rolls from there. And I just really enjoyed cooking the more and more. And growing up, my mother only always cooked. We almost never ate out. So I always have that envy of like how good home cooking is and like how not only good, but important 
in so many other aspects as opposed to just I'm a little child. I need to eat so I don't die. You know, like <laughs> the, the, the rule, the, the base of the discipline of the you have to be here for dinner. Like this is the this is what you're built for. You are a kid. Your life does not matter outside of here. Dinner is what matters. And it was always really good. And I used to love eating dinner and coming home and what my mom making, you know. Oh my! So God. that's where it kind of comes from, and then you just kind of mix it together with your other shit, you know. Like, oh, well, I'm a maniac. So you're, a com- you're a comedian by trade, and then you you tied the two and two together and had some fun with it. How, yeah, you've been, you've been on the gram for four years doing this. Who are some of your top guests that you've had on the uh, the twenty dollars chef show? Oh man, Aaron Sanchez from Master Chef, Sean O'Neill from Master Chef. I've been really lucky. Uh, Jer- Jericho, Mike Epps, um, nice Miss Pat. Um, you know, I've had other awesome shows. Duff Goldman. I've had, um, you know, um, I saw you had so, like Jim so Brewer on at one point. Chef yeah, Jim Brewer, Gabriel Iglesias, Joe oh Coy. My God, dude, you're killing it. But I also, you know, some of that I got lucky on my own right for, you know, uh, sacrificing the, um, you know, 15 or 16 years prior. And, you know, you meet a lot of these people before they're humongous. But, but like, I know, you know, Joe Coy, for instance, I was, you know, he was already the guy when I'm in 04. So, but I got to meet him throughout the years and I worked with Gabriel Iglesias and, uh, but then you just get lucky. Like I have Aaron Sanchez because he's pushing a book and I was okay. at bar school and that's what you do. Oh, well, let's put him, his book on the cooking show. And I, I, it's funny you say that because I see the same thing actually in the football world where I'm at. It's like the guys I played with in college or the guys I grew up with that played when played pro sports, like a Ryan Archdiacono or like, the guys from, you know, Mike McGlinch, he's playing for the Niners. Like, they're up for their second contract. And the guys that were my coaches at Temple, they're up to be, like, OCs and head coaches in college. Yeah. Or they're up to be, like, a GM. So, it's kind of been fun. That you get to move up with these guys. And you're like, yeah, I'm lucky to call these guys friends, even though for me. And I'm going to see this for you, too. Humble guy, just trying to chop it up, self-deprecating. And then you're like, turn around. You're like, holy cow, that guy's my friend. Like, he just gave me a phone call. I had that with a lot of my guys that I talked to on the phone sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it is really cool. Like it, that is one of the other cooler aspects of just being when you just stick it out in something, you know, like sticking it out and just keeping on moving and keep rolling. You know, I'm headlining Tempe Improv tomorrow night, and um, and you know, I have some like one of my buddies was my general manager for five years. We were really good friends. Kind of the guy that forced me to move to L.A. to do stand up in '04 from Phoenix. Now he's a con like this guy owns like a corporate conglomerate, fucking. Uh, Oso Brewery in Phoenix with like other concepts. He probably owns twenty plus places. I'm of so, so, some wild shit, you know. Oh my god! And he's coming tomorrow. I was like, hey, I'm bringing all my kitchens, all my kitchen managers from everywhere. We got, I'm buying forty tickets. You're just like, man, I'm fucking. I might be funny, but Jesus Christ, people! I am the dumbest dude in the in the math <laughs> business world in history. And if you peel back the books, you'd you'd agree. Sounds like you went to Archbishop Wood, Colin. That's where we went to school there. Hey, graduated fucking flying colors. Totally. That's what you graduated Archbishop Wood with. Flying (laughs) colors, a good time, and you learn a lot of life lessons. Uh, And that's a free advertisement, Archbishop Wood. Okay, Sean, for me, right, this is a Philly based. Yeah. But it's, we were trying to be more, you know, worldwide, and we are. Sam Boners are world world. We got people in England. We got people in California. I I did a burrito. Right on the beach in San Diego, like one of my first sand bones, like right on the beach, San Diego, and uh, I think it was Ocean Beach, PB oh, maybe. Man. It was great, dude. Big you old burrito. 
You go with the, you go with the Marisco's burrito, some sort of fish burrito. What was your move? No, it was steak, potato. It's just packed to the gills. Uh, I was just crushing it on the beach. You know, a little, yeah, we got to work off the little hangover a little bit. Yo, what do you do? Tight end. You, you're smashing steak and egg burritos. Dude, it's my favorite. Well, I'm, like, on it, I'm a huge wrap guy. Burrito and wraps. Like, oh, yeah. It's a big month. Big month coming up for Colin, Sean. February, we're going to be honoring what we call Breakfast Sandwich Month. Or Breakfast, breakfast month. Dawn Month here in Philadelphia. Breakfast. But uh, what I want to get Chef dialed into is here, like, what's your favorite cheesesteak? How to make a proper cheesesteak, in your opinion? Your thoughts on the whole culinary masterpiece there? Um, personally, I like to grab some... Uh... You know, I'll grab a ribeye and I like to, you know, I'll I'll throw it in the you know freezer for an hour at least or so, just so I can shred it down nice, like to thin it, make it get this possibly, you know, I buy as good as possible ribeyes I can grab at a at the at a butcher shop, you know, and I'm not I'm not a corporate guy these days, but um, you know, Whole Foods are everywhere and they got a great butcher, man, they got a great butcher shop. Nice. Um, I'll or wherever you go, if you're in Indiana, you're gonna want to go to Kincaid's Meat Market there in Fishers, also located in Broad Ripple. Um. You know, and I, I always going to grab a, a, the fattest ribeye I can get, you know, with a decent amount of marbling. You know, you want to get that flavor off that fat just soaking into that meat when I'm using my flat, you know, the Blackstone or whatever. I'm not making them at home. Um, that way I get a good, you know, thin slice of the best possible ribeye I can get my hands on. Personally, I'm going to go with the $20 Chef High Stakes Rub. <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to sprinkle that on there on my old Philly on my little Philly there. Absolutely. That's the sound right there of freedom. On <laughs> you hear that, everybody at home? No, but... um, Sound of money. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I'm, I, I, want, I wouldn't be doing the cheese whiz at the house as much because I'm not that deep-rooted in the Philly. Like, if I lived, if I grew up in Philly, I'm pretty certain I would have some sort of nacho cheese recipe style thing going on that i could just make because i would want to make both like i know everybody fights over do you want to go with you know the whiz do you want to go with the melted cheese like what's the move here different restaurants do different things but i feel like can't we just like be fat enough to want it all why does it have to be one or the other so at home i'm just gonna probably go i go heavy pepper jack lots of peppers lots of a uh, mushroom you know that's and uh, I'm gonna go with jalapeno too. I got to because I have to Mexican up everything. Damn, Damn yeah. Sean! I thought you were. You know, I was. I was getting jacked there for a second. And we were holding our breath. I was. I was holding my breath until the fucking green pepper came into the mix. I said oh, jalapeno what? pepper. So you guys are anti-pepper, huh? It's just not Philly. When you when pe first of all, okay, okay. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give a little lesson here and 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 mix more probably diehard Philly than I am. I've been I've been around. I've been around the joint, the world. But I'll say this. You, first off, it's not called a Philly cheesesteak. It's called a cheesesteak. Don't call it a Philly. It's just a cheesesteak. Okay. That's okay. be authentic. That's actually a great note. Yeah. So get your notebook out. And then second off, th there's no peppers on a cheesesteak. Unless you're okay. at Subway. Like, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> onion and mushrooms. That's it. Am I correct? Okay, Nick? Okay. Onions, We're mushrooms are okay. But for some reason, these some of these Philly transplants, they head down south or go elsewhere and start making these Philly cheesesteaks, Philly cheesesteaks, and they throw the fucking provolone cheese and the green peppers on there. Like, who in the God's world came up with the green peppers and provolone cheese? You just I'm also out there. on the pepper jack, Mick. I'm out on the pepper jack. It's out on the pepper jack, too. It's American. I mean, 
But then again, let's you know to, to Sean's defense, at least he's going out there getting some quality ribeye. He's going to find the best roll, and he's going to make it nice and put that little TLC into the mix. And you know that that's that's fine because that's a homemade cheesesteak. But if you're going to go out to like a local spot, where are you from, Sean? Ohio, Dayton? Watch your mouth. Where? I'm, I'm from Los Angeles. No, I mean where are you living now? Oh, I live in Arizona now. You live in Arizona now. I was in I was in Ohio for a few months though. Actually, uh, like, that area does it well. There's actually a lot of joints out there that will actually serve you the proper way to eat a cheesesteak. But you go to like somewhere like in the middle of North Jersey, they're gonna label it Philly cheesesteak. They're gonna serve it with provolone cheese and green peppers, and I'm gonna tell them to go. You know what? Never mind. Yeah. I'm done. What what uh what what's your guys' go to cheese then? Straight American? What well. No, I mean, the traditional American's all good. And then the latest and greatest is what they call the Cooper Sharp. The Cooper Sharp American. Okay. It's got this real rich creaminess to it. It's really just a lot of the, a lot of the later, uh, the, the newest establishments that have come on the scene are using the Cooper Sharp and they're blowing everybody's socks off. It's really okay. good, man. It's really, really good. I remember my dad as a kid would buy it. He said, you only can buy it in Philly, son. Don't tell anybody about it. <laughs> and he would put it on our breakfast sandwiches in the morning and it was unbelievable, oh, man. man. And then I went to college, came back, popped my head up here and it was like, mix right. It was like the fad in Philly, Cooper Sharp, Cooper Sharp, Cooper Sharp. So it's good stuff, dude. It's, yeah. it's American cheese, probably with more saltiness and flavor than just basic American cheese. Really Sean, we'll give you like an 8.6 on the Sam Boner scale with that response. It's all good. I'll take that. I'll take that because it's not, it's not, that's not an easy one to get, you know, <laughs> we were waiting. We were just waiting to jump on you for it. Now that I'm looking back at what well, I was looking at you guys' faces, I was like, it's just a, t I, I didn't realize until the very end. It was a test. You, you thought you were going to come <laughs> over what, here. People have to understand at home. And just bullshit and, and just relax and not be questioned. We're asking the questions here, pal. Let's do it live. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> Um, Mick, I forgot to ask you. I'm wearing a Giants shirt today. How do you feel about that? Oh, I don't feel really good about it, honestly. After we just beat the bag out of them, you got a lot of nerve. I'm Giants a big Bird fan, Sean. G yeah, big Eagles fan. Uh, and oh, yeah. Mick, I I'm I'm all over because I was blessed to play for the franchise, and these are one of my favorite shirts, and I never wear it. And now that I'm a free agent, I was like, boom, I could put my old stuff. Colin, you may be the only individual in the entire world right now wearing a Philadelphia Phillies hat and a New York Giants shirt. If there's another person out there with that combo on right now, I want to meet him. <laughs> I, don't, Folks, I don't know I, about that. I was who's on the your, phone who's your team, Sean? Yeah. You know, uh, I was I'm a, I was a Raiders guy for the longest time. After comedy, I kind of fell off the map with sports when I really right. started getting on the road. Right. But then I started, when I started hanging out with Pat McAfee, I became a Colts guy. So I've been a Colts guy ever since. Nice, man. Tell us about Pat. Oh, man, absolute savage. That guy's the best, man. You got to uh, – it's just, a, you know, he's a rocket ship, dude. You either jump on or fall, fucking just burn right off, to, you know, or you know, luckily I got to float off and do my own thing. He set me up so nice, you know, and it, um, it's lit, man. Yeah, I, it's just, you know, it's good. It's good to call him a buddy. You know, I mean, I we don't these days. It's even I see him here and there. Or I'll talk to him sometimes. I went to the office a few months ago and checked it out. Um, I, I was at the office right before they moved. Um, you know, he's just a great dude, man. I'm, I'm over about to get the Harley guy to come pick up my Harley that he actually bought me back in the day. So I just go so we could have someone to ride with, which I don't know. That tells you right there. The guy just like, hey, uh, Uber over to the Harley dealership, man. Um, I, I, I'll meet you there. And then I, and then we ride off together. He bought me like a fucking sweet ass 07 1200 Sportster. 
but yeah, he's just he's just an unbelievable dude, man. And it's, it was a, it was an actual pleasure just to be able to work with him. And he launched Twenty Dollars Chef. You know, he put me in front of people. I was happy that I, I you know I had a product that can work, but I would have never worked without him. Absolutely jumping on and just putting everything behind it. You know, oh, that's just awesome, dude. I didn't know that that was the case. That's great. Yeah. Have you yeah, guys yeah. ever yeah. worked together? No, actually, I was doing. I was just doing stand up. I moved. I left LA to in for Indiana, and he was um, doing. I didn't know that. He, I knew he was doing some stand up here and there. I had heard through Facebook a couple of haters, which even before I knew Pat, I'm like, why are you hating on someone just trying to do some stuff? <laughs> but that's just people who are pretending like it's there are other reasons why they haven't made it. They're just looking for more excuses of why things aren't going the way they think they should, even though they're probably things are going exactly how they're supposed to go. Right. So, um, so anyways, I was just doing a Tuesday night show. I was like, man, there might've been 12 people in the room scattered and, uh, which I love doing those kind of rooms. Cause it's like such a challenge to get that room to get on board. And, um, he happened to be in the room and I didn't know that. So I just happened to have this set and it was food. It, the best joke that stuck. I used to have this bit about sandwiches. I would open up and it would sound the bit would, would at the beginning. I made it sound like it was about to be a sexist joke. So I would open up and I'd be like, so what's up with the girls in this town? You guys make good sandwiches here too. You know, it starts like that, but the bit is a, actually, it's like a pro woman's joke. And in that at best as a man, you know, we should feel that, you know, if you have a good dude, that means that he feels he should want to earn a sandwich. You know, like I want to be putting in work and, and earn it. And then I have these examples. And then and then at the end, I'm just like explaining this sandwich that was made for me, un, you know, surprisingly and how incredible it was and <laughs> the sandwich and how, how grateful I was. Um, and then after the show, pack him up and goes, man, I love your energy. That was like the best shit I've seen in a long. I love what you do. Uh, and then, the, and then the next day, he called me or he messaged me on. He followed me on Twitter and he DM me and said, um, "My lady friend just made me the uh, best sandwich of my life. Thanks to your joke. Thanks a lot. You want to open for me for like seven grand for like one night?" And I'm like, and I probably had like eight eighty bucks in my bank, and I'm like, "Yeah, I do, bro. Awesome. I sure do want to open it for seven thousand at the theater." I thought he, I thought he was fucked. I thought it was a typo. But like when you see the guy giving away five thousand dollars a day, that's just how he's been before that. He just has more to give away now. Yeah. Well, I always say, right? The more money you make, the more your hobbies get accelerated. You're the same human. It's just like yeah, what, what you really love and your passions just get accelerated. Like when Mick makes bazillions off the Sam Boners, like he's just gonna order more yeah. cheesesteaks and send people cheesesteaks. Like well, you know, more. everything everything a- is meant to be, right? There's a reason for everything, and there's a reason you're on this show, right? Your well, your career a- started over a sandwich. It kind of did. It definitely got the kick. That joke, a sandwich joke hit sent me sent me into a food world. Oh, man. Which is pretty that's hilarious. I never really thought about story, it like that. Dude. But it's a great now, story. Now, now, dude, now I, I'm looking at your page. It doesn't seem like you're doing the cooking shows as much. Do mm-hmm. you do that like once a week, once a month? Like, when the hell am I gonna get on the show? First of all. But secondly, like what kind of uh new guests do you have lined up? Um, you know, I when I left Barstool, I, I have done some stuff, but it just cost. So, you know, I've been working, you know, as my own dude to try to get sponsorships. When I worked at Barstool, I my product, you know, probably delivered three hundred thousand dollars a year worth of sponsorships on my show. But wow. once you don't once you're not under that brand and I was, you know, the whole Labatt thing. So now I just do it. Sometimes I'm mostly just trying to do a cover a lot of food content and do it because I'm like, I have three hundred episodes, you know, and I, I want to do it. But I just. You know, if I 
and I probably could edit it all myself and do that shit, but I'm just, my brain isn't that guy. Right. Like, I, I just built a 22-foot mobile bar, you know, in, in hopes that that's what starts renting a shitload so that now I can just have, I can hire an editor again and I can get back to doing two episodes a week. Yeah. I mean, I can wake up every morning, smoke a joint, go to the grocery store and get, you know, if I had a producer that I was working with, like I did for five years almost, then I, I'm a workhorse of video, um, you know, pumping out the content. But on my own, all that's going to happen is I'm going to tell myself I'm going to film it all and I'm going to, then the ADD kicks in and I just can't sit down and edit. And then I, then I just have a phone with nine episodes of, of footage that's not been edited. <laughs> so now I just, just try to like go hard on stories and just re cause I've done so much awesome shit, right. like com combined with food, you know? So yeah. I'm just at this point, that's why I'm doing this trailer. It's all pure content, but I'm hoping to tie it up to really have extra income in order to have a producer, which would then produce more income. Because when I was going hard at Barstool, real, real pay wasn't a thing. Nah, the algor sense, man. algorithms, you know, so. We had, but, uh, uh, you follow, you follow Kevin, AKA the grill guy. I think so. Yeah. He, I mean, that's similar story, right? Colin, he started out doing cooking shows as well. And then his big, his big break came through doing things media and they had this whole spin on <laughs> the dad and how it's relatable with a kid with a parent with a kid, the kids and just trying to tie life all together. And, you know, with Instagram, you got to continue to be nimble. You got to continue to change. Like Colin and I yeah. are always throwing up different types of, clips just to kind of keep people on their feet right because we started out doing just reviews after reviews after reviews and you know we've learned quickly that you know it's just you know if, if you want to continue to evolve and continue to branch out you got to bring other types of content to the the page but no nah, it's a good story man i hope to see some of that content come back though because it's really relatable especially to guys like us to just like to you know make a nice little meal at home and put a little twist on it you know, I also got, I just, right now I've been working with a producer to get, possibly get all, because I have so much content <clears throat> over the years that I, that I have on a hard drive because I got to keep all of my IP and everything when I left Barstool. So I was working with a producer now to just try to get it rocking on Tubi. So instead of going to spend thousands of dollars more that I, that I've pretty much just spent on this trailer, I just, I, I'm, you know, hoping that little, I can just take my body work and put it on Tubi, you know, cause yeah, I got some followers and I got I me mean, at Barstool peak. I was getting millions of views a month, but still there's 350 million people in the country. You know, it's Tubi. Are you, you're referring to YouTube, right? No, no, any, no, Tubi. Oh, Tubi. It's, a, oh, it's a streaming service free. Yeah, okay. But you can leverage it. Rick thought it was no. like some like code term. <laughs> I did. I'm not that. Uh, we'll do it, is that what the kids are saying these days, Sean? My my question for you, uh, and I'm sorry to take you off, but is is what explain what you're talking about with your trailer and the whole situation there, and and, and like because this is Sean's ultimate creative, and Sean and I've been talking for years. We mean to do stuff together. This year didn't work out for me. It's just a whole bunch of stuff going on. But Sean and I will yeah. work together. Sean will work, but not for long media at some point in time. I hope, but. You're so creative. You're so innovative. Talk to me kind of this project you've been working on. So I've, I've, I've had it been cooking in my brain for a couple of, you know, for at least two years or so before I actually pulled the trigger. Um, actually, a guy with Labat Blue had a little side project where he, and I don't want to say little, that's very demeaning. He had a great side project. It was probably like a, I think this is a 16 foot storage container in Buffalo. Um, called, uh, I, I'm having a brain fart, but I will, I, I'll pull it up here. Um, 
he, he had a mobile bar. And he took the side of the wall out and he put made it and it comes up and down like a full, you know, it becomes a patio. And I loved it. Um, he put a storage container on a trailer on a, just a basic flatbed trailer. And now he has this mobile bar. And, um, you know, I loved the mobile bar in general before that, you know, being a grill guy, an outdoors guy, I'm a cornhole guy, you know, I'm just a cook outside guy, tailgate guy. And the mobile bar to me, I wanted it. I just wanted it to be more enhanced. I loved what he did and what they did, but I was like, man, I want to actually roll up with a fucking dive bar. And I want people to feel like they're sitting at a dive bar when they're at my bar and it could be anywhere and I can grill off of it and I can film off of it and I can do podcasts off of it. I can, whatever I want, I can do a show off of it. I can just show up to a campsite, buy two camp spots and just shut down a campsite, you know? So I bought a 20, it's a 20, it's a, 20 footer but it's a 22 footer because it's got the peak in the front you get an extra two feet of space you know that i turned into countertop where, where i might keep my tools there now but eventually that'll be where the probably the water tank sits for the water system but um you know i just wanted this and i, I wanted it to make money out because entertainment is so up and down you know like some years i'm f- extremely flush some years i'm i'm fucking ronnie ramen you know so um, I just took the money I had saved and everything from Barstool. And when I left there and, um, I bought this trailer and then, um, I took it to my family's house and my, you know, my stepdad and my uncle and my, my, uh, my other uncle, they're all hands on, you know, they've been welding blue collar cars, just construction tile, you know, just all around old school dude that just knows that shit. And they're in their sixties or 70 years old but still ready to rock and roll at 6 a.m. with a cup of coffee and a welding mask. So um, we just, it's fucking, we just started going at it, dude. I bought the trailer, drug it over there awesome. and just started uh, hammering away at the wall first. Cause yeah, I wanted, I want, I don't want a snack bar. Like I respect anybody doing the horse trailer as far as mobile bars at weddings and things. I think it fits in a lot of cases, but that wasn't what I want. I, I want something where people can sit up at it and I can be behind it holding court like if I what I used to bartend. You know, when you go to your bar and your favorite bartender's there and it's not a nightclub where you can interact with people at the bar and the bartender, you know, and you get a little shit talking going and the bartenders make, make calling you princess and shit like that, you know. And Was that your stick back in the day? Calling people princess? Uh, no, actually my boy G that owns Oso, that was his. And he called all the dudes princess that, that he kind of know that would come in. And uh, it was just this funny thing that always worked and people loved it. And um, so now I have this bar and I, it's, you know, it's, I wanted to make it like that. So I went, we went off. I got the, I got the wall. The, so the side wall, it's a 16 foot by whatever, like just like uh, just under seven foot high. Uh, I have it on a wench and it just comes down, opens up the whole trailer. Now the trailer has a full patio. Um you know, that'll have tables and chair, uh, tables and chairs on it as well. That's where the front bar of the, the stools of the front bar are so I can fit. So the bar comes from wall to wall, which is eight, eight and eight foot. And then you, uh, nine foot down and then five foot on the other side. So I could fit 14 real mix. If you mix in fat asses like myself with like regular size people, <laughs> then you can get between 12 to 15 or so 10. To are you 15 bringing that to the Jersey shore this summer? Um, the, the, the gigs are going to be have to line up to make it worth driving this monster again. <laughs> no, this, is, this is becoming a popular trend. It seems like you're way ahead of it, but 
we're starting to see this on the East Coast, even mm-hmm. just to the point where, you know, big Mack trucks, they're turning Mack trucks into bars or disco lounges. And these fucking Mack trucks will pull into the big warehouse. You can go into the warehouse and pick and choose your battles. Little dive bar, Irish pub, little disco jam, yeah. little, this, little that. Dude, it's amazing what's going on. But I love your concept. It's great. Hey, Chef, as we you know start to wrap things up a little bit, a couple questions for me. First, I want to hear about Mexico and the food scene, what you did, the tacos. What were you finding on them? Anything different? What was the vibe? Oh, my God. I'm going to be honest. That was my biggest Anthony Bourdain moment in quite some time was that Mexico run I just went on in Mexico City. If you want to go on a vacation anywhere right now, you're not sure where to go, and you're not sure what to do, and you don't want to just do the normal – let me go lay on a beach and take photos of my hot ass laying here in the sun, drinking a pina colada, which big, one of my best me's is swim up bar at the resort me. Okay. So I'm not saying, I'm saying you want something a little different and also extremely budgetable. I mean, if you can raise the money to get your ass to Mexico city and have a hotel or get a hostel even or an Airbnb, that's all you got to worry about because when you get down there, you have more options than you're ever going to have in your life for a taco, for a one item thing. And there's, and it's so affordable and you're drinking beers. There's some places y'all get four or five tacos two, and I'll drink two Victoria's two Pacificos or something. And it's like fucking four, 400 pesos or something. That's I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 40 pesos, 80 pesos because it's 20 to one right now. It's 20 pesos to a dollar. So even at 200 pesos, it's 10 bucks. Mm. And that's if you're sitting there. I don't, not one time at a taco stand did we spend over 100 pesos. Take a look. Unless, take a we, both, unless we both got a second round of tacos and more beer. I've never been to, Me- I've been to Mexico twice. I've never been to Mexico City to get tacos. It's, I just was in Austin, Texas not too long ago. And that the taco scene there is incredible. Yeah, but every taco is $4. That's the difference. Yeah, no, you're right. Or three fifty In Mexico City, every, every corner has a spot of some sort. There's so many of them. I'm not telling you. I'm not exaggerating. There's probably 20,000 taco stands in Mexico City. <laughs> I believe it. I'm not even exaggerating. Oh, that, oh my God, dude. Every service different. You got the rolled taco guy. You got you got the guy doing fried chicken. Got, We've been the, fried ons has been pulling for taco month for Mexican month for the for ever since we've been doing this. We've been doing this for four month, four years, Sean. We've been on Instagram two years. We roll out a different month every month. We've never done Mexican month. We got to do a Mexican. Oh, that's almost borderline racist. <laughs> Is it racist if we do it? That's my question. No, if you don't. If you don't do it. <laughs> um, but I, you know what they did have a trend down there that I liked was there's a mix. I gotta I gotta get the name of it for the notes. I'll get I'll call my I'll text my buddy that because I have a the reason I ended up down there was one of my best friends on the planet who owns LB Long Beach Jerky Company. He moved down there, he operates his business from there. So the dude's been sending me taco pictures every morning for the last fucking two years. And um, so I went down there and uh it's just it's just where you want to be, and it's and they're, they're mixing pork and steak now, like a chorizo mixed with the steak. Uh, there's another different kind of pork they're cooking with the steak. They're doing a bunch of mixing with I really enjoyed of that it wasn't before. Uh, I, I feel like that's taken over more popularity from like the uh, the uh, more the more uh, iffy meats that I don't really I don't really fuck with lengua too much. I'm not really a chewy super chewy food, you know. Outside of eating ribeye fat. With some beads, you know, with some nice bites oh. off of a cheesesteak. I'm not trying to eat full on lingua or intestines, which they, if you fry it up enough, if it's crunchy, I'll do it. Like, I, it's not about the, it's just the, the texture of my mouth. I don't want that. 
lingua, that soft shit. But sure. yeah, it's, I mean, I'm telling you, it's so affordable. It's three or four dollars for an Uber, four bucks for a three bucks for a taco for five tacos and a beer. I'm Jeff, as we wrap things up here, and uh, Mick will get Mick will wrap things up. If he's got any questions, I'll, I'll ask mine. When you lived in New York City, and you were there for some quite some time, like the bagel scene, the the I'm going to still call it a hoagie. Like, what's what's that life like? Pizza, I mean, fire. I'll tell you right now. Um, what they do is everybody. You know, we're as a country. I think that the custom now is to get blindsided by what's on top. What's gonna we gonna put on this one? We're so crazy. What shape? What shape? And what are we gonna put on it? Ooh, we're gonna put some stuff somewhere else that no one's ever put stuff. Because what that the point is is that that's what they need. They need fire. Everybody needs fireworks to sell food. As a well, what they don't need in New York or uh, is fireworks to sell because it's not. It's all about that base, right? So the bread. All that matters is the breading. It's like we're talking about the to- the bread, the fresh bread on a hoagie. Or a sandwich you, when you eat in New York is just a different level of freshness and good. Those mixtures of, of texture between the you know the the outside being that perfect flaky bite, crispy or whatever you get in there versus that perfect softness. Same thing with the pizza dough, which obviously we all know is the bagel, the pizza dough, the, the bread. It's all about that water in New York, you know, on the East Coast. That water in Philly, you from that you're getting that bread. That's mm. why you can't get that shit on the West Coast because no one ain't got no time to ship a truckload of fucking New York City tap water to, to Santa Monica to make a bagel that they could re- take a bite and get a reminiscent feeling if they're from Brooklyn. You know, it's, a, it's it, but uh, you actually pronounce water correctly. Us us uh, Philadelphians here, it's more like water. W o o d e r. Yeah. <laughs> shout out by the way. By the way, shout out to my old producer um, at Barstool. Young kid, I, 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 he came with me to New York, and we worked together for five years. He's a Philly kid, he all, you know, through and through. Um, King's College all day, you know what I mean? Roan? No, 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 not Roan. He's a, he's not a, he's not a producer. Uh, Booze, Ryan Bornazian. He's a producer. He works with Roan now, though, on producing stuff. I know. Okay. He, but he's one of the one of the great, really great producers over there. Kid was a. So sure, he, he'll shoot it all. You, edit it all and do all the social media. That's like the t- le- type level of military action you need as a as a staff member whenever I have whenever I start hiring. Nice. The kids now, are, are you on tour? Are you on tour right now, Sean? Yeah, I have some shows coming up. I'm doing some things, but a lot I'm focusing on. Um, also just uh, I'm gonna uh, you know trying to get this trailer rocking and rolling so I can get that filming and nice and um you know just start get rolling out there. But uh, yeah, I, I do sets all over town all the time. I don't ever promote. I just go do. Any uh, um, do any impersonations? No, I don't do too many impersonations. I wish I did, and I just like I've I act out dumb shit, but it's always just whatever comes to my brain whenever I'm telling the story on stage. You know, who what what comedian inspired you the most? Um, Martin Lawrence. I have to say, out the gate for sure. Oh, Martin and wasn't even close. His crowd, like my favorite thing now is crowd work. Like I can really dig in. I'm really good at it after 20 plus years of this shit. And you know, you can't force it, so. I'm not at a level of Zen that I can go, like, I can just walk out there and it's going to happen no matter what. Like it has to have the feeling, Yeah. but Martin Lawrence used to talk to the crowd on Def Jam when I was like 14 or 15. And when he would just talk shit to the crowd, man, and the way that crowd would just go bananas and the, the way I f- couldn't get enough of that, like that magic of how 
Like, dude, he's doing that on the spot, and it just killed me. And then I loved the show Martin, and I loved all his early specials. I was about to say, man, I was I loved that show growing up as a kid. Absolutely hilarious. Yeah, and you know, this he rode off into the sunset accordingly. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> just you know, a lot of people say, "I'll just keep doing it." Yeah, you could. You know, he could have too. But you know, maybe you don't want to. Maybe he's been doing this since he was 15 years old, and he just wants to go hang out with his family with his 600 million dollars in the bank. Like, I don't have to be at the comedy store. To, ver- to verify how good I am at a craft, I got six hundred million. That shows you how much. That's and my show part. When does it broken. end? When does it end? When do you stop? I know. When does it end? When oh, things fall like, apart? Mm, no. Go who knows? But I know he's still. He's still. I mean, I can't imagine how much money everybody's talking about. How much Seinfeld makes on well, what's it? What's it called? Whenever you start when when it keeps reoccurring on television, your uh, syndication. When your show goes to syndication and just starts playing all your old episodes, right? That oh, Seinfeld's still the highest paid comedian because of that. What do you think but, the office is going to make? Those people at the office, by the time that's that's over, in the next 100 years, they're going to run that show? God, bro. Especially the way the internet is just one big free marketing machine for television shows of the past. That show. It's just like, hey, watch. This is the show you should be watching. You and still fall on that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I Martin was always my guy, dude. And I know nice, that his style of stand-up isn't as popular as it is the way he hasn't because he hasn't been in the clubs adapting and playing along and doing, you know, going. He but um well yeah, so man, Martin, you you seem like a you seem like a good time, man. I'd love to I'd love to throw a couple back with you one day. Maybe we'll do a little West Coast what? Sam Boner tour, roll up our sleeves, take a few looks, take a few bikes, and get after it, man. What do you guys do for the Super Bowl? Super Bowl? We got we got one step before the Super Bowl. We got to win this Sunday. We got to take down the, the 49ers, the high flying oh, 49ers. Yeah, I, know what? I forgot since I don't have like uh nobody in the there's nothing at stake outside of having a good time during the day during the day of. Uh, so Colin, I I, I Colin's forgot. Best friend. Colin's wearing a Phillies Phillies hat, but he's best friends with uh, Christian McCaffrey, so he's rooting for the Niners and maybe the Giants even though they're eliminated. I don't know what's going through this kid's head anymore, Sean, but hey, I'll we're having that. a lot of fun doing. I'm it. not rooting for <laughs> I'm not rooting for anybody. Uh, I'm rooting for a good game. No, I, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm. 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 Hey, man. I'm not gonna say it, but it is a matter. Philly Eagles fans can be a great game. Great atmosphere. I think I'm gonna be it's there. Gonna be such a good game. That Philly Niners game. We're gonna. We're gonna sneak Mick in. We're gonna sneak Mick in the stadium. Fuck it. I'm sneaking in regardless. Just, I get everybody arrested, I get arrested. <laughs> you just put one of those orange vests on and grab a ladder. That's all you do. Bro. <laughs> And then you know what you got to do? Just get uh, tell Colin here to send you some sort of um, uh, some sort of credential from his one of his past events where he was some fucking stud, you know, <laughs> athlete. And then that's all you need. You got you just go like this, bro. You walk in with the ladder. You just go like that with your credentials. <laughs> Hold up the Sam Boner thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. That's all you got to do, bro. John uh, Latham, absolute yeah, legend. Thank you for coming on, brother. We really appreciate it. Hey, man, I'm really thankful you guys asked me to come on. Obviously, always good hanging out with you, Colin. Uh, Mick, awesome uh, awesome to get to know you, bro. Get your guys' energy and vibe together. It's great. Love the show. Love what you're doing. And um, I'd love to come back anytime. Appreciate it, brother. Have a great day. Sam Boner out. Sam Boner out. Go Birds. Later, man. guys. Can I get a Go Birds before you go? Are you a Birds fan or what? We, we hit you. I'm not, but I'll. I'm not, we're not done yet, Mick. The show's still going on. Mick, <laughs> this is our last recording. Before the game, I just popped it up. You're going to have to hang on there, Chef, or you can roll if you'd like. Mick, what's the prediction for the game? What's the vibe? Oh man, I think that if it was the if it was the Eagles Cowboys, we'd see another just a just a gritty NFC East battle. 
down in the trenches, defense wins the game. But with the Niners and their high-profile, high-flying offense coming into Philly, I think you're going to see Jalen Hurts step up his game more than you've ever seen it before. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders. It's going to be a high, high-scoring game. That's my prediction. I'm going to go Birds easy, 41-38 in a very, very unbelievable close battle, game-winning field goal at the wire, and fucking South Philadelphia is going to go absolute pandemonium. And we're going to the Super Bowl, baby. There it is, folks. You heard it here first. You, you like that? It. I like that. I like that. That's Sam Boner, Mick. That's Chef. I'm Colin Thompson. Sam Boner out. Sam Boner out. Never gonna lose my sense of focus. Always gonna ride the tidal wave. Never gonna lead the wrong direction. Always gonna deal.